Welcome to Bright Now, a podcast about parenting and educating talented kids, sponsored by the Johns Hopkins Center for Talented Youth. I'm Jonathan Plucker. In some states, Bright students can apply to attend special high schools. The schools are designed to challenge these students more than their traditional high school likely would. What's the day-to-day experience like at a special high school? What are the benefits and drawbacks? We'll tackle these questions and more today with a guest who helped start one of these schools. Dr. Julia Link-Roberts is a Gifted Studies professor at Western Kentucky University. She also directs the Center for Gifted Studies there, as well as a Math and Science Academy. Julia, welcome to Bright Now. And I'm pleased to be here, Jonathan. Let's jump right into it. You started a special high school called the Carol Martin Gatton Academy of Math and Science. What drove you to do that? I knew that there were students in the state of Kentucky, and it's a residential school for the state. I knew there were students who so needed more than their local high schools could provide for them. And how, how many years has it been since we've started now? It's been 11 years. 11 years. How many students have gone through in that time? We have approximately 100 in each class. Wow. So I'm over 1,000 students mm-hmm. now. How common are schools like this across the country, sort of these specialized high schools? The state high schools can be found in 14 different states. Mm. And I, I believe uh, Gatton Academy is a juniors and seniors? Is that, that is correct? correct. Is that a fairly common model, or are, are they all pretty much, the 14, very different? Um, a few of them also bring in sophomores. Okay. Uh, so how, how, how does, like, the application admissions process go? To apply for the Gatton Academy is like applying to a very selective university. Mm, okay. Test scores, extracurriculars, letters of recommendation, things like that. Then Essays. Uh, uh, essays. And, and also a certain number will be invited for an interview. What sort of evidence do we have that these schools do provide a challenging experience for these students? Uh, let me tell you just enough about it so that my answer will make sense oh, for you. Our students at the Gatton Academy only take university classes, so they graduate from high school with a minimum of 60 college hours, some of them 70, a few of them 80. So what would the evidence be? Well, of course, they all matriculate on to go to universities and have lots of choices for where they'll go. Although it is not a requirement, 90% of them engage in undergraduate research. All of those present at regional, state, national, international conferences, and a few of them publish. Mm. And I would have to say I think that's evidence of their exceptional abilities, their acute interest in STEM areas and also the fact that they spend their summers doing a myriad of different things, much of it focused on research. We we should probably point out that the Gatton Academy is on the Western Kentucky University campus. That is correct. uh, uh, Making it much, much easier to do these sorts of multi-level things. Absolutely. Um, So uh, the model that you just described for how the Gatton students are taking college credits, that's fairly typical for a school like this, but some others are mostly 
sort of accelerated, more rigorous high school classes. Absolutely. Right. right. So there's a real uh, mix, and uh, families who are interested in this really behooves them to go out and learn as much as they can about the different models because it's not going to be one size fits all. Yeah. That is certainly the case. Yeah. Can you just like uh, briefly describe like what is the experience of a Gatton student? How does their day look different from if they were back in a traditional high school? Their day would match a freshman or sophomore, junior, senior in college rather than Mm -hmm. students in a traditional high school. Their schedule would be maybe a nine o'clock class, maybe an eight o'clock class, but it also requires students to be very good at managing their own time. You have to take responsibility for planning what your schedule will be so that not only do you get to classes, but you are prepared then for the next set of classes. You work with lots of families of bright students, some who go to the Catton Academy, some who choose not to, some who do other forms of academic acceleration, enrichment, summer programs, clearly. When families are considering a special high school like this, what sorts of questions do you normally hear from them? And uh, I'd like to talk through some of those issues. For the most part, my concern would be, does the child want to come? Mm. Because if you have a student who doesn't want to be there, it's not ever going to be a good fit. The reason that I would want my child to leave early would be that he has needs or she has needs. And needs for a gifted child don't look like needs for other children because they emanate from their strengths rather than a deficiency. I would want to look at what the home high school could offer. And if the high school can offer what the child needs, then I think two more years with your family would be the thing. But if you are out of sync with other age mates, it's a wonderful consideration to go. I think we often run into adolescents. Some are just more mature and more independent, and they're ready to move on. Uh, Going through four years of high school, when you really come down to it, is a one-size-fits-all kind of strategy. Sometimes they're just ready to go early. I certainly wish my own daughter had had those options in the state where we live. Are there other issues that families worry about? I'm sure any parent is going to be nervous sending their high school junior off to a different town. What are some of the concerns, and are those concerns really founded, do you think? The primary concern that we heard before we opened was, what about the prom, (laughs) which I I found to be pretty uh, interesting because Gatton Academy has its own prom. The students can also go back to their local prom. I think many times parents have a pretty exaggerated view of the importance of the prom to many of these advanced students who wouldn't go to the prom if they stayed at home, some of them, and others that wouldn't be a very high priority for them at all. We try and talk with the families when they come for what we call preview day to even learn about what the school would be like. And we encourage the parents to help the students learn how to do their laundry and how to do those things that would make them self-sufficient. No one's going to be tapping them on the shoulder to get up. 
I mean, so you've seen over a thousand students come through the Gatton Academy now, a huge success story. When you talk to the graduates, what do they say is their favorite part about going to a special high school like this? There is no question what the answer is. It's the community that's created being with like-minded age mates. I think there are some researchers who, and I think a lot of parents and and teachers pick up on this concern that essentially you go from being a big fish in a small pond to a fish in the ocean with lots of other fish who were just as good of a swimmer as you are and that it hurts bright students self-esteem self-concept they just look at themselves differently and more critically when they're in these more quote-unquote competitive environments the students are really not competitive with each other. They are competitive with themselves. Mm. I'm sure one parent concern, it would be my concern, is putting my child onto a college campus um, at the age of 15, 16, 17. I can think of a million things that could go wrong. What sorts of planning and safeguards go into making sure that it really is a positive experience for students, even though they are on a very different sort of context. We have curfews, kind of (laughs) old-timey curfews that students must be in. Um, But please remember, on all campuses, there are going to be some early graduates who are 14, 15, 16, who don't have the curfew. They're regular students living in residence halls. Our Gatton students have ID cards that would not allow them to go in any other residence hall. They're keyed in mm-hmm. away, nor can other students come in to Florence Schneider Hall, which is our home. It has not been a problem at all. Our Gatton students are so happy to be with each other that boyfriends, girlfriends for college students just hasn't been an issue in 10 years. I'm curious about what the reaction from local superintendents who are sending their students. I could imagine initially when you started, you probably got a little pushback about, oh, you're taking two of my very best students. And how has that relationship changed over time? Is it confrontational at all? Do they try to discourage it? Or are you finding the opposite? Well, first of all, let me tell you what the school districts keep. They keep their average daily attendance for these students, so they are not losing any money. Secondly, the scores on the state assessment go back to the district, so they're not losing their scores. And when the last couple of years I've had the opportunity to speak the school board association to the whole group, I try and remind them that what they're getting for the opportunity for their students is that there is another option for their students who need more than they can provide. I guess in the same vein, I'm also curious, like at the state level, what sort of a response do you get from politicians, education leaders, people like that? Have they come to understand the value of a special school like this? I think my answer is I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) We work hard at that because uh, the public relations aspect of a special school is something that stays very important.
we haven't talked much about uh, what the actual academic challenge aspect of this is. Like, how do you find that the students at the Gatton Academy respond to that academic challenge? I'll start with the second part of that. Initially, some of the students are shocked by the challenge because they have been told middle school would be tough and it wasn't. They were told high school would be challenging and it wasn't. And so they've been told that the Gatton Academy's classes would be challenging and they maybe think, oh sure. Well, it is challenging. And if you have not learned to study, and many bright kids have not learned how to study, then you're in trouble unless you can pick it up and understand that you start early on and that it isn't waiting until the night before a test or the night before a paper's due that you're working on it all the time. During the week before school starts, there's lots of preparation for study skills, uh, planning your schedule, getting used to what the Gatton Academy will be like. But some of them don't catch on until all of a sudden they're in the classes and realizing that this is very different. College work is different. Now, what they take in terms of college classes are any classes that they need to graduate from high school. If they have not had U.S. history, they take a college-level U.S. history course. They all take math starting wherever they are, and for some students that would be starting with trig. With others, it's starting with Calc 2. So it depends on what the preparation that was offered in your home high school. But they all go up through calculus. They all take a class in physics, chemistry, biology, and computer science. And then they take a second class in one of those to have a sequence. They also all take computational problem solving. And for many gifted students, the open-endedness of the problems is either a really good thing or it's a really awful thing. Not a really big challenge, yeah. You either love yeah. the class or not at all, but they all take that because they need to be engaged in that kind of thinking. They also have STEM electives to take. They all have English. One of the nice things that many of them do is take English 200 traveling to England in the summer. Mm. And so they're visiting the British authors' homes or something about their life and as they are reading it. But not all students do that, but almost all students have an international experience during their two D years. During their two years. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. If you were to speak to um, a talented student and they're a family that was interested in considering a school like this. But if you had to just pick one or two things for them to really focus on to make sure they were making a really informed decision, what would I'm, I'm interested in what you'd recommend to them. Is your child being challenged at the school at which he or she is attending? If there is no homework, I worry. If there's no effort that has to be put into schooling in high school, I worry, because that child very likely will be unprepared when college comes. 
Julia, thanks for talking with me today. This has been really interesting, and I think it's going to be very helpful for Bright students and their parents. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity, Jonathan. That's it for today's episode of Bright Now. Dr. Julia Roberts is the Mahirin Professor of Gifted Studies at Western Kentucky University, where she's also the Executive Director of the Center for Gifted Studies and of the Carol Martin Gatton Academy of Math and Science. Don't forget, if you have questions or suggestions for us, please email us at brightnowpodcast at gmail.com and let us know. That's brightnowpodcast, one word, at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Plucker, and this is Bright Now. Bright Now is underwritten by the Johns Hopkins Center for Talented Youth, a nonprofit dedicated to identifying and developing the talents of academically advanced K-12 students around the world. Find us on the web at cty.jhu.edu and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.